Hello, you're listening to the Sound Approach podcast channel. Interviews and conversations with a focus on birds and conservation issues. Hello and welcome to a Sound Approach podcast, an interview with Anna Clayton, a writer and researcher at the UK's Ethical Consumer magazine. My name is Charlie Morse and I spoke with Anna in early March 2016, shortly after the launch of an ethical consumer report she'd written on the optics industry, titled Shooting Wildlife, Who Makes Your Binoculars, Cameras and Spotting Scopes? The report opens with an executive summary which clearly lays out the direction of travel. To quote the first four lines of the opening paragraph, sports optics such as binoculars, spotting scopes and monoculars are used by many keen birders and wildlife watchers. They are also essential pieces of equipment for hunters, resulting in some optics companies marketing products at both conservationists and sport hunters. Now, to some listeners, that may not seem a big deal. To others, that creates a problem. The world's leading optics are world leading for a reason. They're really good. But conservation, birding, the natural world and our responses to it create ethical dilemmas that many of us with a passion for wildlife and the environment undoubtedly struggle with on an almost daily basis. Huge decisions like choosing what food we eat and how many children we have to how we source our energy and what transport we choose to use sit alongside debates about whether we should boycott certain holiday destinations, whether or not we should only buy cruelty-free cosmetics or shop online or locally, or buy products aimed at a sector that we would never normally support. It's true that some of the issues we ponder will seem esoteric or even ridiculous to people who have little or no interest in wildlife, but for many of us, these decisions are about how we choose to live our lives. So it's in that context, which companies we choose to support by buying their products, that this discussion should be seen. So on to the interview, which I began by asking Anna to give me a brief overview of ethical consumers' general remit. Ethical consumer essentially exists to provide information to consumers so that they can make informed, conscious choices when they go and spend their money. Our work focuses on the issue of ethics and companies' practices and policies around a number of key areas, which include animal rights, environmental issues, human rights and workers' rights, and politics and antisocial finance. So essentially we're about providing consumers with information about a company's ethical practices. Right, so it's a little more than just providing information. It is specifically about the ethics of a company, the way that company behaves in business. Yeah. This report, um, what what prompted you? Was optics something you'd been thinking about before? So animal rights is a topic that ethical consumer always um, reviews. Anyone who's familiar with ethical consumer will know that we've talked about Nikon's practices of marketing um, their products to both hunters and birders and it resulted in a boycott being called by Viva in 2013. So we were aware of the issues around this industry um, but uh, it was really the money that came along that allowed us to be able to explore this further. The magazine is completely funded by our readers and so we always take into account our readers interests and what they want us to cover If we do in-depth reports, that's when we have to ask for external support. I mean, this was pretty (laughs) in-depth. There's a long list of references. 
Um, I was reading through it, and obviously this is a subject that I'm interested in, but I did wonder whether the report was more of a debate on the ethics of so-called sport hunting, i.e. hunting for fun. Or was that the way you, you made the link between the optics companies trying to sell their equipment to both bird watchers, naturalists, and to hunters? There are lots of different definitions about different types of hunting. There will be a whole range of different types of sports hunters, from those that believe they are hunting for conservation practices or purposes, those that hunt purely for fun and don't do anything with the end product or the kill, and others may use the end product for food. Um, This is discussed in the report, but essentially what we were looking at was how these optic companies are actually marketing their products and what sort of imagery they're using, what sort of language they're using. And it just happened that trophy hunting and big game hunting kept coming up. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it was unavoidable to have to talk about the issues associated with sports hunting um, and particularly of selective and trophy hunting, which is a bit more controversial. A higher percentage of people within the West specifically are anti-sports hunting when it involves trophy hunting for fun. Yeah. yeah. As soon as you start talking about um, hunting for food or subsistence that's when you start getting more of a, a rational discussion and more people perhaps being in favour of hunting for these reasons. The pages that you talk about that I mean they are important actually because the report doesn't need to be set in, into some sort of context it, it isn't just ethical consumer having a popper optics company so there needed to be a reason why you would devote that much space and that much time to it. Yeah, so essentially the interesting subject underlying this is that these companies are both promoting products at wildlife watchers, lovers, conservationists, perhaps animal rights activists, while simultaneously promoting and glamorising a form of hunting that is increasingly linked to negative environmental issues, animal rights and welfare issues, and a quite disturbing hunting culture. How much help did you get from the optics companies when you put the report together? So... The remit of the work was to look at publicly available information, so to to look at how companies were presenting themselves to the public at present. So unlike our market reports in our magazine, we didn't necessarily contact all companies. There were some that I did, because maybe their information wasn't particularly clear, it was a bit vague. On purpose, do you think? They tended to be smaller companies, so perhaps on purpose, um, but I did get responses to the questions I asked, which tended to be quite vague, not very helpful, but then I can't claim that I was asking consistently for all companies to contribute to the report. Mm. But you didn't get the feeling that the optics companies were trying to um, keep things from you? I can't say that because I didn't ask companies. Um, All I can say is that the way certain pieces of information are presented and made publicly available isn't always obvious or easy to find. Um, For people who read the report, you'll notice that a lot of the findings around sponsorship or of TV shows in particular or education programmes or hunting organisations came from in-depth internet searching rather than from the company's website. Right, right. Yeah. Um, let's just turn to that, um, the subject there about the hunting and sponsorship. I just want to read a couple of um, paragraphs. I'll just read one first. Companies that sold hunting optics were more likely to have sponsored hunting organisations or initiatives 
76% of companies that sold multiple hunting accessories had sponsored hunting organisations whose mission statements including protecting hunters' rights, and 59% were members of hunting and conservation organisations such as the Boone and Crockett Club, Whitetails Unlimited and Safari Club International. While we might not like that, these companies aren't doing anything illegal, are they? I mean, they're perfectly within their rights to sell optics to both naturalists and hunters. Yeah, of course. Of course, they can sell their products to both types of consumer. Um, But the report goes further than that. It's not just the selling of products to different consumer groups. It's that active endorsement of a type of hunting has been increasingly linked to negative environmental issues, animal welfare issues, um, namely trophy hunting. Um, So it's, it's the sponsorship of hunting organisations. It's the very graphic images of trophy hunts and the use of language such as big game hunting, trophy hunting, that is maybe not appropriate and does not reflect society's values in terms of how sports hunting is perceived. So this whole report was about trying to make companies and consumers responsible in terms of their actions of where they're spending their money, how they're endorsing their products and the broader impacts of that. Yeah. Increasingly, society looks negatively upon the hunting of animals for fun and for companies that have so much power within this industry to actively endorse and glamorise this form of hunting is ethically inappropriate. It doesn't represent um, the values that we hold as society. Um, And so the whole report tries to make companies accountable for what they're doing and tries to um, provoke a reaction from them and get them discussing why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. I'll, I'll come on to what the response from the companies have been in a minute, mm-hmm. if I can. If I just read another paragraph, yeah. I think this is this is really fascinating. Um, Consumers who hold animal rights issues close to heart may want to avoid companies committed to hunting. These are, and this is a heck of a list, Nikon, Bushnell, Vortex, Mayopta, Minox, Leica, Steiner, Burris, Swarovski, Lodpold, Vanguard, Zeiss, Hawk, Bressa, National Geographic, Acuta, Basker, Vision King, Bosma, and Alpen. I mean, that's most, that's most of the brands. Some of these companies do support conservation as well, don't they? I mean, Swarovski is a bird life species champion. Zeiss sponsor a conservation award. There used to be the, uh, the Leica Forktail Award for uh, the work they did in the Oriental region. I guess that's what makes this argument so confusing, really, is that on the one hand, they are promoting trophy hunting, which particularly since uh, Cecil the Lion has, has really grabbed the public's attention. On the other hand, they are putting cash into conservation. Yeah, and you'll find that a lot of the conservation organisations that they have sponsored will also include clauses in their mission statements, such as protecting hunters' rights. And this raises a very polarised debate and topic about the role of hunting within conservation work. I mean, historically, hunting has helped, or hunters have helped fund huge national parks, um, have funded really successful conservation projects. What this report starts to question is, does this, um, this role of the hunter, does it, retain such an importance going forward in the future or should we start to consider other ways of doing conservation in which maybe the hunter and hunting don't play such an important role 
That's a massive question, it isn't is. it? It is, and it's one that's very hard to have a rational discussion about because the arguments are so polarised. Yeah, yeah. There are those hunters who say conservation needs hunting, and there are lots of conservation who said the last thing conservation needs is hunting at all. Uh, it's very interesting that it is being sold in that way. Um, turning to um, consumers in the UK, most serious birders in the UK probably own or, or would like to own optics from just four companies, some Swarovski, Leica, Nikon and Zeiss. Within the parameters of your report, none of these four do very well, do they? I mean, Swarovski, for example, is listed as an international sponsor of the Youth Hunter Education Challenge, which is organised by the NRA, for God's sake. <laughs> um, Leica promotes Magic Safari Lodges. I went on their website. It's not very pretty. Um, Nikon sponsors numerous TV programmes on US television that are all about hunting, which um, was the reason for the uh, the Viva boycott. Um, Zeiss is a corporate sponsor of Safari Club International, as well as TV hunting programs. The big four that we are likely to own, as I just said, they don't come out too well. No, unfortunately they don't. Um, so like you said, a number of those support TV programs that are actively endorsing a hunting culture and none of them try to address the issue of ethics around this subject. None of them are openly discussing whether their practices are maybe contradictory to their broader operations and how they promote their products at wildlife watches or birders. In terms of ethics, when we think of these companies, should we separate the UK from the US operations? Or is that just helping make excuses for them? Um, absolutely not. So ethical consumer believes that you, you follow the money. If you're buying a Zeiss product in the UK, you're still funding the same company. And often these companies will have uh, group-wide policies and practices. So you need to uh, target the company from all, all possible spaces. I don't believe that just because a company doesn't endorse hunting within the UK, that justifies their actions elsewhere in the world. Only four companies... This is very interesting. Well, it's all very interesting, but only four companies did not appear to sell hunting accessories and did not market product at Hunters Online. And that was Canon, Fujifilm, Holdings, Olympus Corporation and Kenko Tekina. They are very well known in the camera world. I mean, um, but they're not companies that birders or naturalists would think of first when, when buying a pair of binoculars. If your report is aiming to change behavior, that's going to be something of a problem isn't it i mean the reason that people want to own those those four brands i mentioned is because they make really really good product um yeah absolutely um and i understand that within this topic there are going to be lots of other um decisions that will come into consumers mind when they buy a pair of optics however a lot of people will already own a pair of optics and i would never recommend that they go out and buy a new pair just because of this report, I mean, the environmental impact of that would probably outweigh any other argument. But you can still contact these companies as a buyer of their products and question them about why they are endorsing certain types of hunting practices. Um, you can still put pressure on them, even if you don't want to necessarily boycott their products. And as uh, comments on Mark Avery's blog said earlier, there are lots of second-hand optics widely available now. There are many choices or opportunities to own those brands without having to necessarily buy a new pair right. for binoculars. I'm sure everyone listening to this would not would know, but obviously Mark Avery is the RSPB's um, former conservation director and a, and a blogger. And he's one of the few people actually in the last few days that's, that's um, referred to this report. 
there hasn't it hasn't um, been a massive topic of discussion, which is quite surprising, or is it not surprising in your opinion? Mm. I guess we haven't had much coverage of the report as of yet. Part of the reason for that is the report only really went live last week, so we still have to do press work around it. However, I wouldn't be surprised if this report was not touched by a number of organisations due to the highly polarised and controversial topic of hunting and its role in conservation, not to mention the sponsorship that these organisations give to birding and conservation organisations. So um, we have to expect that maybe not everyone will be willing to comment on this report or criticise it or contribute to it at risk of perhaps losing funding or sponsorship. Your report is aimed at the ethical consumer. Should there be some such a thing as an ethical advertiser as well? Should birding magazines and websites, they wouldn't take hunting adverts from the same manufacturers. Should they be thinking about this again, do you think? Um, from ethical consumers' point of view, yes. So we, we encourage companies to have ethical procurement policies um, that ensure that any, any work, any partnerships, any sponsorship money that an organisation has reflects the mission statement and values of that organisation. So I guess the question that should be asked to birding organisations, conservation organisations, is does endorsing practices such as trophy hunting contradict their overall mission statement and should they stop certain ties and links with organisations that maybe contradict their values? Even though, as we pointed out, these same companies are putting quite a bit of money back into conservation at the same time. I guess with all companies, they may have uh, practices that we approve of and are, are positive in certain aspects, in addition to maybe practices that we aren't so keen on. I guess what we have to think of as consumers and businesses have to think of is what sort of society do we want to endorse? Do you want to support organisations that are both funding conservation initiatives and hunting organisations? Or would we prefer to only work with those that are endorsing conservation that removes the role of the hunter? It's about your values, your ethics. What do you want to support? What do you want to put your money into? Yeah. Hunters will say, I can almost hear them saying it now, the amount of money that hunters spend on optics far, far outweighs the amount of money spent by a few naturalists and bird watchers. If, and I, I know this isn't what you're suggesting, if we all suddenly returned our binoculars and just went out and bought cannons and um, tequinas and Olympus, there wouldn't be an impact on, on the profits of the big four. I mean, our, our spending power, when, we say, when I say our, I'm talking about birders and naturalists, our spending power is tiny compared to the hunters. Is there something that we can do to actually change behaviour? I guess the area that there's more room to move on is, is the type of images used, the type of language used, the type of um, organisations that are sponsored and the type of hunting cultures that are promoted through that. So um, the type of hunting that we actively want to abolish is ecologically insensitive. It's conducted without proper regulation, um, without proper monitoring, that has been increasingly linked to habitat destruction or degradation. And as you can see from Nikon, after the 2013 boycott that Viva called, they have reduced their use of graphic images. 
that's not to say that any link with hunting is necessarily yeah, the, good. The behaviour may not have changed. But, yeah, but it's the, the culture that's being endorsed by these companies. This is where we as consumers can put pressure on companies to change their practices. These are questions that we need to talk about and often aren't talked about because of the power of the hunting lobby and the power of hunting organisations currently. And do you think that's the conversation that the optics companies should be having? They are a key player within this market, so yes, they should be talking about, they should be part of the move towards conservation initiatives that reduce the importance of the hunter. What do you think, I mean, as you say, the report's only been out a week, so there hasn't been a lot of time for reaction. Um, What do you think will be the reaction to the report by consumers and what do you hope might be the reaction? Um, So um, in terms of the large number of birds and conservationists that take a neutral view to hunting, I hope that the report gets them questioning some of their values and um, questioning the role that hunting currently has within such sectors. I guess what I want to happen from the report is for the whole the whole topic to be openly discussed and debated. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as highlighted in the report, there are a number of companies that either don't appear to have any link with hunting or have very weak links and I'd like to see these companies take more of a, a clear stance on their view on the hunting industry and sports hunting in particular. Yeah. Are they avoiding these links purposefully or has it just happened? It would be good to see them advertising as this company does not support hunting. Yeah. That would be an interesting reaction from some um, companies if they were to do that. And equally for those that maybe are sponsoring to make that really clear on their website. If, if they are actively endorsing hunting, then they should make clear what else they were doing in terms of where their money goes. What are they investing in? I was talking about this report with um, a friend of mine. He made the point that it can get to the stage where birders are looking at each other, looking at what equipment. I mean, we, we all do that anyway. We're all kind of like looking at the badge and going, oh, you support hunting by having those, do you? I mean, that, that would be an, a massive shift in attitude if that were to happen through this report. Yeah, that would be great. Well, talk to people about it. Yeah. That's the key thing. T- talk about this report with friends, other birders. If people ask for advice on what piece of equipment get they get, introduce this report and the issues raised. Make that an important part of their purchasing choice and decision. This has actually always been something of, a, of an open secret. Um, mm. People have been aware of it, but have, have kind of shoved it under the carpet. I suppose what you're offering is the choice, aren't you? Just offering the information and saying what you do with that information is entirely up to you. As I said at the beginning, Ethical Consumers and Organisation is about allowing consumers to make informed choices and to exercise their democratic um, right at every shop uh, counter. And the buying is only one part. Anyone can write to a company and express your disapproval at what they're doing. And it's through that consumer pressure that we might get responses and slow change in practice. Just two questions to end on. Is change really driven by the consumer or is that just in an ideal world it might happen? I mean, does it actually happen? Well, historically, boycotts have had huge successes from the very first on sugar produced by slaves in the 1790s um, onto the role of the boycott within the abolition of apartheid in South Africa. 
The role of consciously buying or boycotting is essentially an extension of the formal democratic process. Every time you choose to spend your money, you're, you're voting for the world you want and the society you want to create. Don't underestimate the power of the individual, especially when they talk to others about why they've made that choice. And on the flip side of that, Anna, um, in the wider scheme of things, do ethical companies have a competitive business advantage over non-ethical ones? The Ethical Consumer Markets Report is an annual report that looks at the value of the ethical market and it shows that despite the hard economic times, the value of the market is increasing. I believe in 2014 it was said to increase by 8%. Um, and increasingly academic studies are suggesting that consumers are swayed by ethical choices. Um, and that those that do make um, ethical purchases are informed and educated about the issues. So if this movement continues to grow, a company that values ethics and integrates it into its business model will have a competitive advantage, especially if they're wanting to target this sort of grouping. Which brings back to the previous question about it. it's in the consumer's hands to drive change yeah. through ethical purchasing. Yeah. Well, it's a fascinating report. Thank you very much indeed for talking about it. You're welcome. Anna Clayton of Ethical Consumer Magazine. The Optics Industry Report is available online via Ethical Consumer's website at ethicalconsumer.org. You've been listening to a Sound Approach podcast, one of a growing collection of interviews and conversations with a focus on birds and conservation issues. If you'd like to learn more about the Sound Approach, the award-winning publisher that aspires to popularise birdsong and turn a world of bird watchers into bird listeners, please go to soundapproach.co.uk.